Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. It's going down right here. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician, and the king, Scott Angle, are with you for the next hour as we talk about wild card weekend and what it means moving forward in the NFL playoffs. If you're listening to us on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, or a number of terrestrial radio stations across the country, we say thank you. And it's a big-time week. Uh, going into what many people call the best weekend in football. Scotty, how are you doing for incredible games last week? And the playoff, the tournament is down to eight teams. Yeah, very exciting time of year. You personally, uh, and I think George Kurtz agrees with you, like the divisionals are your favorite round of games. Me personally, I love the conference championships. I think they're the the best games of the year. Yeah, I agree, to be quite honest. I, I, I think they are the best games. The only reason I like the division weekend better is because I get four of them instead of two of them. Obviously, the AFC and NFC championship games are kind of, you know, where a conference champion is crowned, and those are big time. I just think that when the ones and the twos, the teams with the buys get involved, give me two full days of football. I love me some of that. Last week, though, we had a couple of injuries that I do want to get your take on. First, uh, first, uh, unfortunately, for a team that is still live, the Dallas Cowboys, while he wasn't a huge part of the offense, a gruesome injury to Alan Hearns. Uh, he's done likely for the year. He already had surgery on that ankle, Scotty. Yeah, just uh, very hard to see. Uh, a disappointment for the Cowboys, no doubt, this year, but you never want to see that happen. And uh, reports are that he should be ready in August, so uh, you know, hopefully he will be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, you know, we'll, we'll get into these games, but just a couple of other quick headlines that have crossed my kind of radar um, that we didn't talk about in the first hour. And just a programming note, everybody, here on Mondays, Scotty and I take the full two hours to break it down. So if you haven't heard everything in just this hour, don't forget about Roto Experts in the Morning, which take place from 7 to 8 a.m. as well. You want to download that as well so you can get the full scope of our takeaways and analysis. But, um, Scotty, the Ravens, Ravens lost yesterday, but there's some interesting news. Uh, it seems like two teams may be interested in Harbaugh to be their coach next year. We already know there's eight openings, but now another four teams have gone by the wayside, and Harbaugh was on the hot seat for a little while. There's reports that there's at least two teams interested in making a run at him to be their new head coach. Yeah, I think they should. You know, it was a three-year playoff drought, but he did a nice a nice job this year. And, you know, you look at the fact that he's got a 20, a 50, He's uh, 
you know, came into this game with uh, you know, 15 and 10 career record in the playoffs, and most mm-hmm. of that success was on the road. Yesterday was just the third playoff game since 2010 that the Ravens have hosted. You know, so this guy has shown he can over- overcome some adversity here, and he also did it this year. He kind of turned his own story around. Yeah, absolutely. One of the stats you gave me before, also as it related to Philip Rivers, having kind of never gotten over the Tom Brady mountain, Harbaugh has coached teams that have gotten through kind of the Patriots, you know, in the AFC. So definitely he's a he's a big time coach for sure. One of the things that he said also after their loss was that his, his former franchise quarterback, Joe Flacco, is going to have a market. But I think we can all agree, Scotty, that uh, Joe Flacco's probably played his last down for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, also with them not bringing Flacco in during the game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jimmy Smith was actually, like, yelling at the, at the, crowd, the right. crowd, like, saying, uh, you know, stop with the Flacco thing. You know, you forgot who got here. You know, stick with number eight. You know, he was going to stick with Flack, with Jackson as his quarterback, ride or die. And I, I, he didn't have much of a choice because you know, people always love the backup quarterback. I don't think Flacco could have come in there and done a lot to himself either. Yeah, that's likely true. I think they kind of like med- made their bed. Now they're going to lay in it. It is Lamar Jackson moving forward. Joe Flacco should have no shortage of suitors, especially for some teams that only really want a game manager. I have been saying the Jacksonville Jaguars for a long time, but the quarterback carousel will continue to spin uh, in the offseason, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. The, the one other that Flacco's uh, going to have a lot of takers just speaks oh, to yeah. how thin and watered down the uh, quarterback position is in the NFL. I could see him in landing in a, you know, Arizona would be a really nice spot for him, I think, you mm. know, to tutor the young quarterback, but who, who is really in over his head as a rookie. Yeah, but remember, they're going to have a new new head coach as well out there in Arizona, so we shall see about that one. I've been thinking, I've been saying for a while, I think Jacksonville is a spot for him. Listen, Flacco's been playing all career with a team that wants to run the ball and play defense for him to go to another team that could value that a little bit more um, may be interesting. One other piece of news, Scotty, that crossed yesterday that I think is interesting. You know, we've been hearing a lot about, you know, kind of what's behind the curtain in Pittsburgh all season long, first with the Le'Veon Bell thing, you know, and now with Antonio Brown, you know, we're hearing that he was actually benched in week 17, not necessarily because of injury, but because of discipline, that he was missing practices, that sort of thing. We heard maybe there's a rift between him and Big Ben. We heard maybe he wants to be traded. Maybe he doesn't. Then we heard that the finances that are involved is something like Pittsburgh would have to eat something like 20 million in dead money for that to happen. So that's pretty, you know, who knows if that's going to go down. But then Mortensen yesterday on ESPN says that there is a quote-unquote high chance that Antonio Brown will be traded. I mean, what's going on in Pittsburgh, Scotty? A, do you think that that'll actually happen, that the best wide receiver in the game, in most people's estimation, will get traded this offseason? And what does that mean for, like... How how hot is that seat for Tomlin in Pittsburgh? Because it seems like there's a lot of stuff getting swept under the rug out there. Well, there was another point that came out of that report is that even though they can lose about twenty million, you know, it's it's the cap hit could be about twenty million. They're going to recoup about fourteen and a half million when they from move on Levy on Bell. So you know that. And he takes up 12% of the cap. So you, you, you still got a lot of room for flexibility there. 
How is it going to turn out as anybody's guess? You know, we guess all the time with these situations. We yeah. tried guessing with Le'Veon Bell, with Earl Thomas, with Ezekiel Elliott. You know, nobody knows how this is going to play out. But I think there's, the reports indicate there's a legit chance that he gets traded. Uh, you know, how much can we really blame Tomlin, though? Because, you know, we heard reports from former teammates and, uh, you know, people have been closely associated with him that there's a lot of people that don't like Antonio Brown that feel yeah. like, you know, that he's a selfish diva. He's and, in that you know, diva I've, category. I, I've, I've never been around Antonio Brown to basically tell you whether it's true or not, but I've I've read a lot of reports. You know, you threatened a reporter to break his jaw earlier this year. Uh, you know, all these all these kind of things floating around about Brown and and Le'Veon, and then when you just hear Le'Veon Bell and say, "Okay, you got you have two situations here," you know maybe it's the head coach. Uh, so it's it's really hard to know what's going on there. It's just it's personality conflicts, and I I don't think with everything I've been reading about Antonio Brown that he's he's a well liked by teammates and you know not well liked in general from what what I've I've been reading. And I'm just going by what I've been reading, you know, sure. about him over the last like week or so, is that you know, if a guy's gonna have a personality conflict like that, somebody has to go. And if it's gonna be Antonio Brown, it's gonna be Antonio Brown. It's a change of scenery could work huge for that for that guy. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, listen, he's not the only quote unquote diva wide receiver in this league, but it does look like, you know, with some of the um, malcontent kind of comments, some of him being out there for his own brand, shall we say, whether it's on TV shows, dancing in a hippo costume or, you know, his own business is booming kind of thing. We'll see what the composition of the Pittsburgh Steelers look like next year. But the Steelers are not playing anymore. Let's talk about a team that still is. And that is the defending Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, who continue their run. They go into Chicago yesterday and get a 16-15 win. Let's start with, you know, kind of, let's start at the very end of the game, Scott. Uh, you know, I don't know if you are a Law & Order fan of the, of the crime TV no. show, uh, but no. they always do the doink, doink, the dong, dong. And that's what this game ended on, a double doink with Cody Parkey hitting the upright and the crossbar with that field goal. Cody Parkey, I think, hit six uprights all season. He didn't want to hit that last one. Um, the Eagles get a 16-15 to 15 win. What do you think was the biggest thing here for the Eagles in this W? Well, uh, a lot of people, a lot of slow-mo video circulating this morning. about. Yeah, it was tipped. Was Apparently it was tipped. tipped. Yeah, Actually tipped at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. So, you know, that's, uh, that, that, that's a valuable thing. Parkey off the hook a little bit. Talk. Yeah, with, with the actual uh, left, uh, valuable left hand here. But you know, what it came down to is Mitch Trubisky did his job after an erratic performance by getting them into position. Nick Foles also rebounded from two early interceptions and also got them and his team into position to win the game. You know, just a really clutch touchdown pass to Golden Tate, who was basically, yeah. I think, acquired for that one play because that's the only thing he's done since he's come to Philadelphia. But that was huge. And uh, Alshon Jeffrey really showed up big time against his former team. You know, the, those two guys were, uh, you know, they, they they ended up really big. And, uh, you know, the uh, I, I, I can't say the Eagles escape with one here because because sometimes, you know, people will say that when a team loses, wins by a field goal that they escaped. Uh, you know, they did what they had to do to win yesterday. 
Yeah, they absolutely did. You mentioned Golden Tate with the touchdown as the only play. He also, I think, had a big fourth down conversion in one of those drives late in the game as well, down on the right sideline. So Golden Tate, five catches, 46 yards, and a touchdown. But to your point, Scotty, they spread it around with Philly. Alshon Jeffrey in a return game, in a revenge game, six for 82. Ertz does kind of what Ertz does, had five catches, 52 yards. Also had another a chance for another big one down the sideline, Did really get completed there. Aguilar contributes, and it's Dallas Goddard that gets into the end zone. This Eagles team now seems like they have multiple weapons. Listen, you got three wide receivers. You got two tight ends. You got backs out of the backfield as Darren Sproles continues to contribute late in the season, which is something that I was talking about as we headed into December. Josh Adams, where is Josh Adams, Scott? Only one carry. It looks like they're going with Smallwood and Sproles. They had no running game, period. Late in the game, I'm going to myself, why are they running Darren Sproles at the goal line? It just Sproles didn't have any – this team has no running game right now. Do you think that that's going to be the same thing when they go into that dome next week, or are they going to try oh, and yeah. establish Adams oh, yeah. early? It's, it's, it, it, they're not going to be able to. You know, that, that, the New Orleans defense has been very good against the run. So you're saying Foles is going to put it up like 45 times next week, huh? Might have to. Okay, fair enough. I think that is something we should be interested in, especially, you know, as we look at maybe something like DFS lineups next week. It looks like, listen, you're going to have Foles put it up a ton. I think Luck and Mahomes will both put it up a ton. So there's going to be some interesting quarterbacks uh, to play with in DFS next week. Let's talk a little bit about the Chicago Bears. And, and Scotty, you know, I asked you about Amari Cooper next year. Let me ask you this. How do you treat Allen Robinson next year? Okay, he's coming off a 10-catch, 143-yard performance with a touchdown as well. He gave you 30 fantasy points if you were playing in different playoff formats for Allen Robinson. He is clear, in my opinion, number one wide receiver. He has the body to be one of those outside X wide receivers. Next year, Scotty, are you happy if Allen Robinson is your wide receiver too? No. Uh, This year, uh, 13 games, one 100-yard game. Four touchdowns. Uh, I think Trubisky, he threw more than they would have liked. Uh, he dodged a few bullets, his interceptions. And you know Robinson's only going to be as good as how much Trubisky can improve. And I think it's going to be progressive. I don't think I want him as anything more than a wide receiver three after what I saw uh, you know, this past season. Trubisky played well early. He kind of fell off. He really fell off during the, the, the second half. Uh, there's still going to be some. Oh well, yeah, that shoulder injury, Scott. Tr- Trubisky is a passer. Yeah, but even 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 when he came, when when he was over the shoulder injury, he still wasn't putting up good numbers. You know, the numbers okay. were very erratic uh, all all season long. Uh, you know, okay. showed showed some signs early. He had that six touchdown game, which kind of bloated his overall performance. But right. very very up and down, even outside of the injury. Uh, look, Anthony Miller is going to improve next year. You have Allen Robinson, you have Trey Burton, you have the pieces, but the quarterback, you know, still has, uh, you know, he's still got some learning to do. Yeah, absolutely. He's a second-year quarterback. You mentioned his pieces, Taylor Gabriel, there as well. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask I don't, you, I don't think I don't, how, Taylor Gabriel's like, you know, I don't even know why people talk about him. You know, it's the guy, the what, the guy had 37 yards yesterday. He didn't have a 65 game over 65 yards in the second half. If they get another third receiver that's better than Gabriel, that that'll help Trubisky. 
I mean, he did have nine targets, so they are you, they are trying to get him the ball. They did also use him on, I think, um, an end around, I think, as well. He, he ran the ball twice. Um, fair enough. Okay. I mean, he had more targets than anybody not named Allen Robinson in that game. It's not the about targets. Well, what was his receiving yardage? 37. Second on the team. Not good. Okay, but I mean, you know, you're talking about Anthony Miller, you know, and, and, and like encouragement for Anthony Miller. Gabriel outperformed him, you know, that sort of thing. So, I mean, neither one uh, of them a good yard. It's just I have hope okay. for Anthony Miller to improve the guy in seven touchdown receptions this season. Taylor Gabriel did not have a 70 yard game in the second half. And yesterday he only had 37 receiving yards. I'd like to see them get a better third receiver. Let me ask you something. Did they miss Trey Burton yesterday? Trey Burton, the guy who's been touched down a bust all year. He's been but a look disappointment. Look at Shane and Broniker. You know, they, got, they combined for five catches for 28 yards. Could Burton have been there? Could Burton have been an option for them in the red zone in a way that they might have needed? You look at I mean, Burton's this was a very close game. game. Those were the kind of numbers that Burton's been putting up, five catches for 28 yards. It's true. I mean, you know, that I, I don't disagree with you, but the question is, like, you know, this was a very close game, Scott. You know, could yeah. could there have been one play that Burton could have made for them? You know what I mean? Like, he was this kind of up-and-coming, but then stalled a little bit, mid-level, tight-end kind of guy, but a piece. Let's You know, he is a piece of this offense, and in such a close game, could he have been, you know, missed? No. It's just, I don't think it was a big difference. He hasn't contributed much all year long. This team could have won the game. It came down to a kick. Mitch Trubisky put them in a position to win. They didn't make the kick. It wasn't. It wasn't about the plays they didn't make in the passing game. It's they. They had a chance to win, and they didn't make the kick. All right, fair enough, uh, Scotty. When we come back, here's what we're gonna do. Okay, we've talked about all four games here. We've given our kudos to the winners, right? You know, we've we've praised already the Colts and the Cowboys and the Chargers and the Eagles. When we come back in our next segment. What we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the teams that had their seasons ended this weekend. And we're going to kind of do a little bit of an autopsy. And we're going to say what are the biggest needs for these teams going from 2018 to 2019 for them to kind of push past where they found themselves this year and so that maybe they can still be playing next year. So we'll look at the Texans. We'll look at the Seahawks. We'll look at the Ravens. And we'll look at the Bears. And we'll say what is the like one or two things that they need to really focus on in the offseason for them to uh, – you know, keep on playing uh, at this point in time next year. It is Fantasy Sports Today here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The spitting statistician, Dane Martinez, El Rey de Fantasia, Scott Angle. When we come back, we'll break down the needs of these teams that lost on Wild Card Weekend. Come on. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Oh, 
got the magic stick. Right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, it's Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle here on FST, breaking it down, wild card weekend, as we start to now look forward. We've talked already about all the winning teams. We're going to start talking about the losing teams and what they need to move past this threshold in the NFL next season. But I also got to let you know, Scotty, if you like to wager on sports or never have and would like to try, head on over to BetDSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you could utilize your DFS skills without the constraints of salary caps. You can even wager on esports, politics, or reality TV. Get an edge with live betting at BetDSI where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways you can make money. Use the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up, and you'll get a 100% bonus deposit match. So head on over, open your account at BetDSI, use the promo code FNTSY, and you'll get your 100% bonus deposit match. All right, Scotty. Listen, we four teams are moving on. Four teams are now booking their tea times in the Caribbean because they got nothing to do until, you know, OTAs uh, moving forward. So here's what I'm going to do. We're going to go team by team, and I want to ask you what is the one thing they need to address, and we'll talk about kind of like if they fix this, they will kind of still be playing by this point next year. We start back where we started the first game of the weekend, and we look at the Houston Texans. Okay, now listen, they tried to get a second wide receiver when you know Will Fuller goes down Demarius Thomas goes down some people can argue that having something across from DeAndre Hopkins would be the biggest thing but Kiki Cutie caught like 10 or 11 balls personally Scott I think it's the offensive line that they need to address this was the problem for Deshaun Watson all year I think it's the offensive line what do you think uh, Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans are thinking as their primary need in this offseason Sometimes when you ask a question like that, there's not one answer to it in order for the team Fair. to go deeper into the playoffs. I definitely agree with you on the offensive line, but I think uh, you know uh, maybe some help in the secondary too because hmm. they they give up some big plays. They they really do. Like the front seven is strong, but you know right. the back end the the back end can certainly be had. And uh, you know I, I I do think you know this is a team that you know if they had, if they, if they had a tight end. I think that could really make a difference because that guy can help in both blocking and on hmm. key receiving downs. Okay, so we're talking about secondary, O-line, and tight end as yeah. potentially positions of need for them. Let me ask you this, though, Scotty. Uh, does Lamar Miller suck? Do they need a running back? Yeah, I think they do. I think they need somebody more dynamic. Uh, I don't know if Deontay Foreman's the answer. Right. Uh, you know, you know, this, this could be... This could be a beautiful landing spot for Le'Veon Bell. Another That's beauty. right. Everybody talks about Indianapolis. Like Le'Veon Bell is, uh, you know, he he's another guy is, is uh, because he would help the passing game so much, and he would all he would also help the receiving game as well. I think can't I think double DeAndre could, Hopkins with Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. No, you certainly can't. He he could he could be a big difference maker for a team like that. Um, yep. So where do you want to go? Where do you want to go at running back? I think this team does need a more dynamic playmaker than Lamar Miller. Uh, so what about a Tevin Coleman, who's going to be a free agent? <sighs> Tevin Coleman really disappointed. Uh, yeah, Dion Lewis is Dion Lewis going to be a free agent? I don't. No, think he so. just signed. He no. just signed in the off. He, he just yeah. signed. That's his first year in Tennessee. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of Tevin Coleman. I, I wasn't okay. impressed this year. 
Unless Pantera's they wanted, they want Tevin Coleman to sort of share time with yeah. with, with a Deontay Foreman. But mm-hmm. I, I think, I, th- I think they had, they, they have to move on from Lamar Miller. You know, yeah, he's he's right, he's right. They suck, and you know, when they, when they, <laughs> you know, look at some of the running back free agents that are going to be out there. You know, there's not a lot of impressive, versatile names out there. There's Bilal Powell. There's Spencer Damn. Ware. You Damn. know, they, they. they there's nobody that impressive. There's no there's no big difference makers out there. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say, Scott. Every year, every single year, there's one like third or fourth round running back that gets drafted that we we hear the name of, you know, and we realize is a big help. You know, last year Alvin Kamara, you know, this year, you know, you get you get you know, you, you get rookie running backs that can do the job, you know, that come from the third or fourth round. Maybe Houston takes a shot that route. I think to your point though guys in the secondary offensive line tight end remember I have said that Indianapolis and Houston I've been saying for a while have been two potential landing spots for Le'Veon Bell but here's the thing you got it they have most of the defense that they need they have their young quarterback they have one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and don't forget they're going to get a guy like Demarius Thomas they're going to get a guy like Will Fuller back now Will Fuller plays a role to take the top off the defense he does it well Demarius Thomas is not what he used to be, but plays a role. If they start week one, Scott, with DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and Demarius Thomas as their three wide receivers, and I think QT. they're in decent shape. And QT? Absolutely. They Demarius are, Thomas the is almost Fuller, playing a tight end role. The, with Fuller, it's, you know, if he can never stay healthy, as dynamic as he is. And Demarius mm-hmm. Thomas at this point in his career, uh, you know, not they use he him as a tight end. Of, <laughs> how could they use him as a tight end? He's not a tight end. I know, but he's one of those bigger body kind of guys, you know. I mean, it's 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 the idea of the, where he'll be on the field is what I'm talking about, you know, in terms of that security. He, he can be intermediate routes. He could be he could be somebody who's like, you know, maybe key on passing downs, but right. uh, you know, I, I got to look. Take a look. Jared Cook's a free agent. I'd like to see him on sure. that team. That's interesting. But listen, it does, however, all start with Deshaun Watson. And if we're worried about a punctured lung for Deshaun Watson, this team ain't going anywhere. So they need to protect Deshaun Watson in any way they possibly can. We move on to another team, Scotty. Um, Your Seattle Seahawks. There's nobody who knows what they need more than you. So the floor is yours, Scotty. If you were the GM here uh, and you pretty much know the team as well as the GM, what's their number one priority heading into this offseason? I think left guard. I, I, I think left guard and right tackle, you know, have so to the be line. priority spots. Yeah. Uh, you know, the line got better. It did. You know, you got Justin Britton. You got Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown. Uh, D.G. Fluke is a free agent. I don't know if they're going to bring him back or not. The, t- the offensive line was better, but it got really, really dominated by Dallas, especially at left guard where J.R. Sweezy is just, you know, he's not what he was a few years ago. So I, I think, you know, that's one thing. Uh, maybe adding another receiver, uh, I think. Uh, yeah. I would love to see Golden Tate come back to this team. <laughs> but, uh, you know, from what I understand, you know, maybe personality-wise, you know, that, yeah, that's that not is gonna not, work with not going to fit. <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, Randall Cobb's a free agent. You know, he's somebody uh, who might be a good fit, but that guy doesn't stay healthy either. But, uh, you know, somebody somebody that I think the team should be interested in, like Adam Humphreys. Might be a nice, hmm. nice fit on this team. Yeah, I think I think another guy to really 
help move the chains on on a third down. Uh, you know, might be there's there's no glaring major needs to be a tight end so, like J- Jared Cook's another guy. Uh, so I think offensive line, maybe one more guy in the passing game, and uh, you know, I think defense. Their city pretty much set. They just yeah. They, I think they they need they just need those guys to to gain more experience. So let me ask you this though, Scotty, because I. I don't disagree with you. Another wide receiver, I, I, you know, offensive line, but you can kind of almost say that about any team in the NFL, right? Like, yeah, they can bolster their offensive line. I agree with you at receiver. I can't say that about a then, any team, no. But that's mean? an argument for another day. Okay, we'll do that another day then. Um, yeah. But here's the thing. When you talk about wide receiver, right, I, I kind of agree with you, but then the names you threw out kind of confused me. When you talk about Cobb and you talk about Tate and you talk about Adam Humphreys, those are all guys who are kind of like smaller, shifty wide receivers. Doesn't Isn't what the, if the, the Seahawks, if anything, need is more of, more of their bigger body targets? Like they tried Brandon Marshall. They lost Jimmy Graham. When I hear already Lockett, Baldwin, the guys they have are already yeah. some of that kind of wide receiver. Don't, in my opinion, what they need is more of the outside the numbers. They need someone who's six foot three. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good point. You know, and maybe you know Cobb, some, Tate, those maybe, are similar maybe, to Lockett and Baldwin. Maybe, you know, that's a good point. You know, and, you know, maybe that's that that's there something they find in the draft. You know, maybe they want to go after Chris Hogan. You know, because mm. he's a he's a he's a bigger type wide receiver. I think right. I think they want to find a red a red zone threat. You know, which they they don't seem to have. So I what what they have with Jimmy Graham last year. Right. As far as the offensive line, you're saying anybody can prove. You know, at left guard, they've been getting blown up too much. At right tackle, Jermaine Effendi's been, you know, so plagued by penalties, et cetera. You know, that they, you have to do better than those guys. You you, yeah. you just have to. And, you know, on, on the defense, the defensive line is looking really, really good. I think, you know, maybe one more difference-making linebacker. But sure. uh, I, I think this is a team that's, that's really built for – down the road, it is like uh, as these guys, these young guys on defense, gain more experience. I think they're going to get better. I, I, I like, I like the young guys on defense. I think if anything, there's a, a need for, like, like you say, uh, you know, a big pass catching body. You know, like a, like a, a Tyler Eifert or or Jared yeah. Cook might be a really nice fit on this team. That's interesting. You know, obviously, Tyler Eifert, you know, if he could stay healthy, could serve that kind of red zone role. But listen, they tried Brandon Marshall, for God's sakes, because they thought they may have needed some of that big bodiness, shall we say. The one last thing I'm going to say on Seattle, Scott, there are two. I think, listen, I know we're really far away from this. But I think Rashad Penny could break out in his second year. I think him and the other running back I'll say is Kerryon Johnson. Watch those two second-year running backs. I think we saw it. You saw it even uh, this weekend. Penny is dynamic. He's got that kind of speed, and that's where the NFL is going. Don't get me wrong. Carson had a great year with about, what was it, 1,100 yards, right? And he is still going to have a role, but I'm expecting Rashad Penny um, and Kerryon Johnson to really have a breakout sophomore year. Could you see Penny really being a kind of um, additional piece in a larger way for this offense and kind of really um, – I don't know, playing that dynamic role out of the running back spot for this team? I'm not going to like him as much, especially fantasy-wise, as much as Kerry and Johnson, and I'll tell you why. I think this becomes more of a pure timeshare next year. Mm. When I was there in weeks 13 and watched him play the 49ers, 
you know, they bludgeoned him to death with the run. It was it was Chris Carson on the inside and Penny on the perimeter. And I think they need to do more of that. I think it needs to be more of a pure timeshare next year. Okay, so you're saying that similar to almost how like we saw Sony Michelle being a real part of that early part, the early down part of a timeshare, you think that'll be Chris Carson and that Penny is going to be more of this uh, prototypical like quote-unquote lightning of the thunder and lightning. I don't know if I would compare it to the Patriots because one's a pass receiver and the other's the inside runner. Uh, I think one guy is an outside speed guy and the other guy is an inside banger. So I, I think it's it's more of like an old Carolina Panthers, Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams kind of thing. Okay, where would you see Penny uh, getting drafted next year? Do you think he's a Fantasy flex wise, play next year? Yeah, you think he could be a flex guy next I year? I think he's a flex play, yeah, with upside. All right, fair enough. There you have it on those Seattle Seahawks. Listen, overperforming what, what many people's expectations were this season, Scotty and I kind of pegged them from a, for a round here. But like you said, as, soon, as long as they have guys like Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson on that squad, they are going to be uh, just fine. I got to say this, though, Scotty, last point. Um, can you accept or can we accept that uh, Doug Baldwin's probably on the downside of his career at this point, though? No. I think he just no? wasn't healthy this year. Interesting. No. So he bounces back to a high-end high end wide receiver, too, for you next year? I, I think so. I think he was just banged up this year. Uh, huh. you know, look, at, look at some of the plays he made. He played better down the stretch. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Doug Ball would you – know, he's, he's 30. That's not, that's not old for a wide receiver. All right, we shall see, you know, with the emergence of Tyler Lockett. And as we've said, obviously, we'll see what the roster composition is like if they do bring in another kind of pass catcher. We'll see what that means for Doug Baldwin's you know what's production. If they could get, get Des Bryant to come out of retirement and hmm. try to show if he's had anything left, that's, that's an interesting idea. guy. Yeah. Yep. Guy tough at the point of the catch, big body kind of guy that hopefully will acknowledge that he's not the primary receiver for a team anymore. That is, you're exactly right. That's the the kind of wide receiver, they Scott, might, they that, might that they don't necessarily somebody. have. That they don't they necessarily have, have on their somebody. roster. You never know. Maybe a second or third round pick could start to play that role. Scotty, the Baltimore Ravens went down yesterday. We talked about them a little bit already. You know, but here's the thing. Like, they kind of have... You know, they, they have what their identity is. You know, they know who they are. This is going to sound crazy, Scott. If I'm the Ravens, you know what I do? I spend all my money to even, even try and get even better on the defensive side of the ball. I know that sounds crazy, but I try to turn that strength into an even more elite strength. And then there's hope second year around Lamar Jackson and this running team that he develops naturally. I think you even try to augment the tremendous strength you have more, mostly because Terrell Suggs isn't getting any younger. Uh, Eric Weddle isn't getting any younger. And you want to keep that defense as one of the top three units in the NFL. I would actually invest to keep that that defense at the elite level. You have Lamar Jackson. You have a decent offensive line. You have Gus Edwards and the running game that you think is okay. Um, the way they want to play, I would even augment the defense as crazy as that sounds. Yeah, I, I, th- I think bolstering the passing game is more important after what we, especially what we saw yesterday. I think bringing in a pass-catching running back and getting mm-hmm. uh, receivers who are better on, on freelancing and uh, like I was saying, guys who can really run the scramble drill well. And uh, when the quarterback breaks the pocket, 
you know, to freelance and get open. I, I think I think that's more of what they need. I think those golden tape types out there, you know, who, who are used to doing those kind of things, and you know, maybe getting receiving back if it's if it's not a if it's not Le'Veon Bell, you know, it's you know maybe it's a Bilal Powell or somebody like that. You know, somebody who can catch passes out of the backfield, uh, you know, really help the quarterback is just more than a runner. Okay, that that's um that's interesting. A pass catching kind of back does make sense to me. Um, you know, I I don't think though, Scotty, that Le'Veon Bell is going to wind up going to Baltimore. You know what I mean? We talk about pass catching backs. I don't that's think he's going to go to the hated rival. Why do you think he, there's not a possibility? I mean, I think it's you know anything is possible, uh, of course. But you know, I I I don't. What about a guy like a Lish, What about a guy like a Lashawn McCoy? Oh, well, they're saying that he's probably going to stay in Buffalo, so... Really? Because I've heard that, you know... I've heard that there's some interesting, you know, um, that he maybe is not That would be a fit, though. You know? I don't 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 see why Bell couldn't sign with the Ravens, though, just because they're hated. Like, all the more reason to sign with them. Yeah, or you talk about, like, we just talked about uh, Kerryon Johnson being kind of, you know, kind of ascending there. Maybe a guy like Theo Riddick, you know, finds a new home somewhere that could be an interesting idea as well we got to go to commercials scott when we come back we do our chicago bears autopsy and then we kick it on over to the morning after with gabe morrissey Corey parson and the lovely michelle serpico come on right back after the break dane martinez and the king scott angle will do an autopsy on the chicago bears their first year coach and their second year quarterback when we come back Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. feeling it doesn't matter now you can bet from anywhere anytime with the all-new my bookie mobile betting platform with the my bookie mobile platform you'll enjoy the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go Try it out today. You'll never miss a winning bet. Head on over to mybookie.ag and open an account with the promo code FNTSY, and mybookie will match your deposit up to $1,000. That's right, $1,000. Just go on over to mybookie.ag and enter the promo code FNTSY. Scotty, we, uh, we had a poll question up earlier in the show when we were doing Roto Experts in the morning, and the poll question was which team had the most impressive win in Wild Card Weekend. How would you have answered that poll? The cult. Yeah, I think they so did, as they, well. They they just went down, went in there and totally had their way. 
They really did. You know, they were up 14 nothing before a blink of an eye. It was 21 nothing at halftime. 60%, Scott, of the poll agrees with you. 60% have the Colts. 17% with the Chargers. 17% with the Eagles. And only 6% with the Cowboys, although they did. They were the only home team to win in wild card weekend. Scotty. The last losing team that we're going to do our autopsy on is the uh, twelve and four Chicago Bears. They were seven and one at home during the season. They were the NFC North champions. They were seven and one at home, but they lost yesterday to the defending champion Philadelphia Eagles. Scotty, you know, first year head coach in Matt Nagy. Second-year quarterback, first time in the playoffs for Mitchell Trubisky. They have the number one defense in the NFL with Khalil Mack and some great other linebackers that are kind of, you know, uh, growing into their roles, whether it's, you know, Leonard Floyd or whether it's Roquan Smith. You know, their defense is where it's at. Their second-year quarterback, they like. Um, Their dual threat at running back with Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen – they like they've in, they invested last year a lot scott they invested a ton last year in pass catchers they sign allen robinson they sign uh trey burton they sign taylor gabriel they draft anthony miller they invested a lot in their pass catchers last offseason their offensive line is decent where where what do they need to prioritize moving into this offseason hard to see really you're looking for progress at quarterback it's right you know, the offensive line is good. Uh, the defense, you know, the rich can get richer. To me, right. I, I, th- I think a difference-making wide receiver can, can, can play a big difference. There, there is nobody on a, on a key passing down where, where the defense really fears them, I think. Uh, I think Anthony Miller is eventually going to be very good. I think okay. Allen Robinson could be a good number two wide receiver. Uh, I don't think Taylor Gabriel's much to look at at all. Uh, he mm-hmm. could be better as a fourth wide receiver, catching that occasional deep ball. I, I think if this team got a real difference-making wide receiver, you know, we're, we're going to have fun and talk about trading Antonio Brown. I'd love right. to see him on the Chicago Bears. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Antonio Brown. There's would nobody like to go there to the that, the def- Bears, that but... a defense, and you saw it this weekend. That Eagles def- pass defense ranked thirtieth against the right. pass this year. And there was no, you know, scouting that game and watching that game, like writing about it prior to the game for Roto Experts, and then watching that game, there was nobody that could really put a fear in that defense where they'd say, okay, we really have to worry about it. It's a weakness for us on our secondary. You know, Allen Robinson had a really good game, but, uh, you know, he was disappointing this year. He, you don't he think really, Allen really Robinson was, can huh? be that guy? No. I, I think he'd be complimentary to that guy in a, in a very good way. Okay, you think he's like one of the best, one of the better number two wide receivers is the way you would. Right, I can see one of the better two wide, number two wide receivers in the NFL. If if they had a big difference making tight end or, but those guys just don't exist. Like, but here's the thing, Scott, on the trade market. Here's the thing, though, Scott, like. Do you really think the Bears are going to go back to that well? They spent the money on Allen Robinson and Trey Burton to be those guys. Like, they're already using up a lot of their money at that position. They went and signed Trey Burton to something like eight, nine, ten million a year, which is big for a tight end. They signed Allen Robinson to a big contract. You think they're really going to use up so much of their financial pie on the wide receiver position? Didn't they just make that investment in last offseason with Robinson and Burton? 
to me, if they're going to spend any money, I th- I think you know that's where it makes the most sense. All right. I mean, like the who? De- I the, mean, de- the defense is the best in the NFL right now. Sure. Yeah, no, I agree with you, but I just don't – I hear you. I think, of course, their defense is good. They're not going to do anything at the quarterback position. Their O-line is fine. They're running back tandem. They have the kind of, you know, the pieces of what they need, and those two guys play the different roles well. I give you all that. I agree with you that maybe another threat outside is something that this team can benefit from. It's just like what – I guess for me, it's just more like, would they actually do that and 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 lock up so much of their uh, cap space with with that role? You know what I mean? I, I just don't I don't see them spending so much they of their money spend or it anywhere else for that. Where else would they need to spend it? I mean, you I could mean, people always... are going to say jokingly like kicker. You know, but no, uh, I would say you could always try and improve your offensive line. You could always try and improve your defense. Like, yeah, I mean, but I, I, I just you don't could always know. try. But you're saying you could always try. You're asking me where there's a need, and I'm telling you where the need is. You, I mean, Allen Robinson went ten for one forty three. Like he is Allen Robinson did not have a good regular season. I understand that, Scott, but they're not going to like, you know. You think they're really going to be like, oh, we need a number one wideout? I mean, why not go out and get a Robbie Anderson? You think Robbie Anderson is a number You think he's the – he would not be the number one wideout on this team. Allen Robinson is better than Robbie Anderson. But if you put the two of them together and then you have a burner like Robbie Anderson across from a tall wide receiver like Allen Robinson, that really puts more fear in a defense. Yeah, I guess here's the other thing. Don't they, they, they don't, you know? You know, I could uh, let's veer away after talking it through and hearing your point. They don't have a burner on that team. They don't have somebody could take a top off a of defense. They don't have a Deshaun Jackson is a free agent. Deshaun Jackson's a free agent. Yeah, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson's washed. Robbie Anderson would be a really nice fit there. Interesting. I mean, here's the only thing, and then we can move on, right? Like, and you said you liked him also, like. Couldn't one option be like, don't they just maybe want Anthony Miller to take a next step? I think he'd be a nice number three wide receiver there. Okay, so you think Robinson is a two. You think Miller is a three. I think Miller could be more more than just a deep threat. But if they had, like, somebody could really take the top off of a defense. Isn't that, that what they want help. Gabriel to be? Isn't that the role Gabriel is He's not that guy. Play? He's not that guy. He was that guy in Atlanta, though. No, he wasn't. No? Occasionally, once every six weeks. Taylor Gabriel right, is way overrated. All right, well, they don't need much because they do have the number one defense or a top three defense, let's say. One of the best they defenses need to get in more the NFL. sizzle in that passing game. Yeah, and you think Tariq Cohen is just not, is not, can't do it all by himself. Robinson. Nah, he's, a, he's a great option. I'm not saying anything negative about yeah. Tariq Cohen, but they need a pass catcher with some sizzle there. Yeah, I, I hear you. I just think when you have Tariq Cohen, when you have Trey Burton, when you have Allen Robinson, when you have what they believe is a hopefully ascending Anthony Miller, you know, like it's it, those are those are some options already. Don't get me wrong. I understand what you're saying that it, a deep threat, a la a younger Deshaun Jackson, or you know, when we look at say who, some of the wide receivers that are available. I'm looking right now, Scotty. I'm 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 on SportsTrack.com. They got a great site there in terms of like some of the wide receivers that are out there and available here. Are some of the un here are some of the um, unrestricted free agents, okay, Scott, that um, are uh, more of the kind of deep threat kind of guys. And I don't know if there's a name in here that fits. What about John Brown from Baltimore? He's a free agent. That's always been overhyped. 
But isn't he one of those deep threat, tape the top off kind of guys that you're talking about? He, he can't rely on him. He can't. All right. Um, you know, there's, I mean, it doesn't, there's not the exact perfect fit, you know. Um, Robbie Anderson's the guy to be. All right. You think Robbie Anderson is going to be moving potentially to the. Uh, I'm not saying you think he's going to be moving. I'm saying if, if I. He'd be if, the fit. I think he would be the fit. The fit. All right, and he's and he's uh, he's available. He's a, he's a free agent this year. There was there was there was not there was not a single guy yesterday on that Bears team that could scare that secondary. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you make good points, and but it's just hard to say that when Allen Robinson did go ten for one forty three in a touchdown. You know what I mean? Like he got you. Allen Robinson's he, also had a had a very disappointing regular season, and if they have somebody else in there to command defensive attention, he could be more consistent. Gotcha. All right. Um, we shall see. Allen Robinson this year in 13 games went 55 catches, 754 yards, and four touchdowns. His best season, obviously, was all the way back in 2015 where him and Blake Bortles lit up garbage time. And in that season, he had 80 catches for 1,400 yards and 14. Touchdowns that is performing like a wide receiver. One Scotty, we've got uh, one 100 yard game this year. Uh, sure, there you go. Um, I wonder what he would have done. You know, he played in 13 games, you know, he played in 13 games, right? So if he played a full 16, maybe he's what you know, in the low 70s and catches in the 900s and yards, maybe five or six touchdowns. Like those are solid stats, you know. No, I don't, I don't think we should say. I don't. Th- I want anybody coming away from this thinking that Allen Robinson is a bum. You know, you're just saying he's not that a bum, he, but needs he, was some, a he needs some kind of compliment. I, I he was mean, a disappointment. I, really? I, I don't One 100 he, yard game in 13 games, and in 10 of those games, he did not catch a touchdown pass. Yeah, but think about what this offense is really trying to do, Scott. This offense is predicated on its defense, and and it's not like they it's not like they're built to have a Julio Jones statistical line in their in their offense. One 100 yard game, 10 games with no touchdowns. That's that's disappointing. All right. If you say so, we will be able to talk about it all week long and all offseason because the what Chicago they Bears. For. Okay, because the Chicago Bears are not playing anymore. We only got a minute left, Scotty. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Next, uh, tomorrow, we'll talk a little bit about some of the head coaching vacancies that are out there. And then on Wednesday, we will start to break down division weekend where the big boys get in. Which divisional team, which team that was on by, Scott, do you think is uh, the most, like, upset alert going into this weekend? That can be upset? Yeah. Of the Chiefs, the Pats, the Rams, I would say this, the Saints. I would say Kansas City. All right, so, yeah, we like those Indianapolis Colts maybe to stay hot. We'll talk about it a lot more as we go through the week. Will Patty Mahomes suffer the same fate as guys like Deshaun Watson, Mitch Trubisky, and the other first-year quarterbacks, or first-time in the playoff quarterbacks? We'll talk about it all week. The morning after is up next. Scotty, have a great fantasy day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. You too, brother.